0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt With Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and today we've got Derek, Perry, and a special guest, Nikki Selby. What's going on, y'all? What's going on, guys? Hello. All right. We're going to jump right into this one. So, Derek, what's your tip for today?
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, purifying water out in the uh, out in the backcountry. Um, you should never end up out there uh, without more than one way to, to sterilize your water. Um, You can either boil it, you know, boil it for a minute or so, get all that bacteria or you can have uh, tablets, the chlorine or chloride tablets to, uh, to purify it. But the, the big thing is just have a way to do it. Uh, There's all kinds of um, pens. the uh, MSR makes a, a purifying kit, like there's, there's, tons of commercial uh, purifiers out there, but make sure you have at least more than one as you go out in the back country. Cause if not, you're going to be uppercase fucked.
0: Yeah. That's a great tip, man. Cause like people don't, sometimes don't think about that or they'll go and they'll buy a filter. Uh, Cause everybody thinks like, Oh, a filter is great. And they're, and they're they are, they're really good for certain things, but the problem with filters is they clog. And so if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you've got to pump your water and you're pumping it from, like a fucking elk wallow or a really dirty, like the higher you get in elevation, the less water there is. And so uh, you can clog those with the very fine sediment very quickly. So you don't always want to rely on a uh, filter system. So I definitely like the SteriPen because even though the water will look absolutely filthy, it'll kill everything in it. Basically it's just UV light and you're shining it through your water bottle. And it's very quick as well, which is nice because like the iodine tablets take a lot of time it takes a long time to you know do like a gravity filter it takes a while if you're doing the pump filter it can take a while and those things break um and then the corning tablets also take a while so having some redundancy as well i always keep some iodine tablets uh, on hold as like my emergency but then my primary is the pin. and it's always good to have somebody in camp who has the filtration or like the filter system because it is good to pump water out of like small pools or somewhere where you can't actually like get your water bottle or your water source into to actually fill up. So the pump's good for that. But uh, redundancy across like the people that are within your uh, like crew is is good as well.
1: Yeah, and water's heavy. So if you think you're gonna hike all that you need in for a trip, you're fucking high. Um, Iodine tablets weigh nothing. You know, uh, a filter, one of them pins doesn't weigh anything. So pack that shit and uh save yourself the trouble
0: and i'll jump my tip right off yours is is, uh with on that exact same note with water being heavy i don't like to carry if i know i'm going to be in an area where there are streams i don't usually carry more than a liter uh, on my person at a time because it it just does weigh a lot but if you're if you're hunting high where there's no water it's nice to have msr makes hydration bladders that are you can do like four liter, six liter eight liter and they're really small and they've got a bunch of different like nozzle attachments better than like a camelback bladder. And there's probably a couple other brands like Plat- platypus has a few of those as well. Um, but I like those because that way if I like, I can pack more water into my base camp. If I know that for a camp water, if I know that um, water is low, cause you don't want to have to drop a thousand feet a couple times a day to go get water and then go back up high to, to then, you know, hunt from. So having the ability to store extra water in camp is always really good. Another thing you can do is if you know that you're going to be scouting in an area where you got the, and you're going in early before the season, you can pack a little heavier because you're not going to carry all the extra stuff for the hunt and then pack some water in and then just cache it and leave it. Make sure you drop a onyx point, pull a, you know, a grid or something and know where that water is. But and water is also another good option, but water is definitely very important. Um, most of our listeners have probably heard the story where I, I didn't almost kill myself, but I was very uncomfortable, extremely dehydrated on an antelope hunt because I only carried a liter of water with me for like 15 miles. It was pretty brutal. So definitely pack your water because it'll it'll fuck you up. What do you got, Perry? Yeah,
2: I'm going to switch gears a bit. And my tip for this week is going to have to do with some off-season scouting, um, thinking about um, deer season um, per usual. And now is actually a great time of year to get out and do some scouting. I was reminded of this actually just this past weekend. Evan and I were up at the family farm and getting some work done up there and so forth. And there's still a number of um, a fresh sign that's out there in the woods right now. So, I mean, there's a a ton of things you can do, you know, to get out right now, whether it be squirrel hunting, whether it be shed hunting, um, you know, and while you're doing that, whether it's public land, whether it's on your private land, It's an awesome time to be taking inventory of some of the sign that is still um, apparent and obvious for this winter late season um, time frame for these deer. Scrapes are still still visible. Rubs or fresh rubs are obviously still very easy to identify right now. Uh, Travel paths um, and maybe most importantly, some of that late season uh, browse what these animals are feeding on is you can, you know, if you kind of know what you're looking for, you can you can really hone in on that. The reality is, um, deer are on a completely different pattern now than they are on, you know, during the summertime when a lot of people are really thinking about scouting, or certainly by the time hunting season rolls around and food plots are in, you know, full effect. Um the reality is as you transition to the to the late season, their needs change, their dietary needs change, the availability changes. And so February is an awesome time to begin that process, Um, whether it's learning a new area, like I said, on public land, or whether it's just refining your strategies on land that you're already familiar with. Get out there, kill some squirrels, look for some sheds um, and start taking some inventory of some of those uh, some of those um, signs and patterns that the deer are leaving out there in the woods, because it's 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 a great time to to start start that process.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip, man. And that's something that I think everybody gets to the end of the season. And January, February is kind of recovery time. And it's a great time because exactly what you said with their pattern shifting, everybody's out taking inventory, watching Bucks in the summer and Velvet, but they're not hitting anything the same that they would. Like just their food and their patterns in December are way or far more similar to January and February than they're going to be in July and August. So uh, that's a solid tip, man. Nikki, what do you got for us?
3: So just from a new long range shooter perspective is if you're starting out in this, the, and you don't know what to get, like, that's how I was, I wasn't sure about optics and scopes and rifles. And I just assumed that you wanted a more expensive rifle and like a mediocre optic, which is backwards. So definitely like there You know, have a a decent rifle, but the optics are the most important part of the game with that. And also know the difference between MOA and MRAD because so I ended up with a pretty mediocre uh, scope in MOA. And so, which was, it was good because I had to learn that. And so now with my new optics, I I know MRAD too, Um, but know that there are differences there. And don't take advice from the guy behind the gun counter. You actually want to ask people who are, who are in the game and, and know the difference between all those stuff. So that's my tip. Yeah,
0: that's a great tip. And that's something that folks probably, a lot of folks probably don't understand is like, so MOA is the more common uh, optic you're going to see within the hunting community, which is the, me- it's the measures is in minutes of angle. And then MRADs, your mil radians. And that's what you're going to see more in like the long range kind of sniper community um it's more precise and you can do there's more math that goes into your dope and stuff and so that's why snipers t- tend to use mill radians um, so if it's something that you think you're going to get into long range shooting you probably want to go ahead and start with mrad and learn um learn that that side of the house i had just got my first mrad scope and it's definitely there's a bit of a learning curve after shooting moa my entire life i always got to like sit there and think about it versus moa i just kind of know offhand that's a that's a great tip Nikki. But yeah, this was a quick one. Um, We appreciate everybody. Thanks.